Say that on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. Hello, you're on the air. Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to HWA Radio after a little time off there. And uh, joining me as usual is good old CR. Good to be here, Keys. Can't wait to recap the big wrestle off on pay per view. And that's exactly what we're doing this week and uh, next week. Now, we don't have a show coming up this week. We're taking a little break. But uh, the, the following week, we are going to have the big one. It's going to be show 100. God damn. <laughs> Didn't think we'd make it near, even nearly this far. But uh, let me uh, fix my thing here. <laughs> Not that thing. No, sorry. I was fixing my sliders. By God, you keep your hands to yourself, young man. <laughs> you yeah, hair in the palms, go blind, whatever your, whatever your cliche is there. But uh, yeah, we... Uh, uh, we're going to be capping off the uh, the, the Wrestleocalypse. It was a hell of a show. And uh, next week, we're going to have our, our introduction to show 100 here, the fourth season. And uh, with that, let's just go ahead and uh, we'll kick things off here. The uh, Bodily Functions and the Bang Gang Tag Team Championship. Very first match. What a way to kick it off, though. I mean, th- th- this well, thing. Is- let, me, let me just let me just say this before we get into this match. Wrestleocalypse, it kind of reminded me of a Clint Eastwood movie. How's that? It had some good. It had some bad. And by God, it had some bowling shoe ugly. <laughs> bowling shoe ugly. And that it did. <laughs> some of those matches a little. Uh, they had some freakiness, too. Let's add, in the, add a fourth one there. <laughs> these guys are. Actually, all these guys are freaks. Fuck it. We know that. But, <laughs> yeah, let's. Uh, the, the, this this match was just over 13 minutes long. It was a battle. And uh, you couldn't ask for a better match to start things off there, their, uh, CR. Well, I'll tell you, I was very impressed by both teams in this. Uh, their first time, big uh, big spotlight, the, uh, the pay-per-view. I- I don't think uh, I told you if it had told me two, two, three months ago that the bodily functions would be uh, wrestling for the tag team championship, especially against the Bang Gang and that goofy Admiral Deuce Albino. I wouldn't have believed you, but by God, there they were, first match kicking the thing, kicking things off, and they they they, uh, they battled it out like you said. It was a long match, over thirteen minutes long, and uh, a lot of action. And I'll get you know the bodily functions came up a little bit short, but by God, they put on one hell of a uh, performance. And, I gained a, a little bit more respect for them than I had before this match went in, quite frankly. They definitely had a lot more uh, more power come back in. Uh, I think the Keys put them through some training. Uh, the Bang Gang, of course, living up to their, their previous effort to, to get that tag team championship. Uh, but I think a, a few of the highlights we'll look at here, Timmy Chang attacks uh, Steamer with a baseball bat. This, this is unlikely uh, an unlikely thing for them. Normally, you, you got the you got the weed heads, you got the pot smokers. They're very docile people. I mean, they come out there, they do the job, they do the battle. Uh, but uh, using a baseball bat, that was a little uncustomary. And uh, do, you, do you think the fleet might be headed into, uh, not no pun intended, but headed into dark waters? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I don't think uh, the Admiral, uh, you know, he, going into this, he probably gave a mandate. You know, win at all costs. And he probably lit a fire under these guys, and they, they did what they had to do. It, it, out of character, but, you know, I, I was very, uh, very shocked. He, he, he hit him right in front of the referee and just, he, he, he just let it go. Uh, you know, there, there, there probably should have been a, a disqualification there, but, of course, they would have retained the titles on disqualification anyway. But, yeah, I think the Admiral, uh, you know, he's – I think he's starting to feel his oats a little bit. You know, he's had a taste of success. Uh, he had – I think he had three titles or so going into this, uh, this pay-per-view, and I think he liked being where he was. You know, the champions, they make a little bit more money, a little bit more notoriety, and, uh, uh, you know, I think he's not going to be too happy uh, uh, the results of this pay per view, so uh, very well could be we could see the uh, the fleet, as you say, heading into the dark waters, and it could be a change of attitude for the entire stable. And you did mention the referee, of course, Kangaroo Jones did an excellent job this whole pay per view. Uh, he's a, he has a, a straight up ref, but sometimes I guess you like, like you say they got to let the boys play. And uh, but he's much better than that Leonard Burke, who we're going to be seeing once again when we return to the states. Oh, uh, don't do pick on poor Leonard. He's he's trying. He's he's you know. He's turned things around a little bit, so I hear. <laughs> refereeing ain't easy, as they say. Some, sometimes it's pimping, sometimes it's refereeing. But uh, at the towards the end, there we saw uh, Timmy Chang with a, with a rope assisted pin, and now <laughs> there was there was something that happened before this, just before this, uh, maybe uh, um, less than a minute. <laughs> we had he was getting a, a spear off the apron. Now you had you had uh, Stevie Steamer. And you had uh, Chooch Mirren in the ring, and he goes charging, and you think he's going to hit Chooch Mirren, but he actually spears Timmy Chang outside and sends him flying into the Mexican announce table. And I, do you think that was that he was slighted by that, and that he he says, "Oh, we're going to play that way." Okay, I'm going to use the rope to get the pin. So, or well, is quite, quite, quite frankly, I think it was just a tactical error. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, Stevie, uh, he may not have had contacts, and he, he may he has had astigmatism. <laughs> he may. Not, he may not be able to judge where he was or his depth perception and speared the wrong man. Who the hell knows? He's a crazy son of a bitch, to be honest with you. So uh, who knows what he was thinking? 
But uh, again, you know, you, you talk about the baseball bat, and he's putting the feet on top ropes, getting the leverage to uh, help uh, get the pin, ensure victory. Like we said, this could be the, the, the fleet may have turned, so to speak. Well, the bodily functions are definitely going to be coming back full force when they get another shot at this. But uh, while we're at it, let's go ahead and talk about the tag team championship. We're going to be bringing some new teams in here. Uh, new teams, old people, I guess you would call it. Uh, the tag teams, they, they've decided that the, uh, the, the Pedro X came to us and said, you know, we, we, we could use some more tag teams there. So why don't you guys want each, each approached each stable and said, come up with, take two of your regular guys. We're going to make a team, man. We're going to throw some, some more in the mix. This should be a lot of fun. I'm actually looking forward to this uh, because you had teams like uh, – the, the 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 from the ass clown coven you had the uh, funny business uh, they might be bringing that back though there's some talks of uh, a, a different combination you're gonna have um what's going on with CSE have we gotten a, a final word on them yet oh yes we did yes we did go ahead and tell us that well yes we do I was talking to Chaz and uh, you know we I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves uh, regarding Sabu but uh, after the results of the pay per view Chaz decided he's gonna put uh, Katungi and Nico Anoki together. And uh, he's going to call them now. Now we got to remember that Nico's from Fiji, <laughs> Here we go. and Katungi is from Uganda, so uh, they are going to be known as Fu Incorporated. <laughs> there we go. Oh, the perfect name for them. <laughs> so yeah, well, definitely. That, 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 that seems to go along with uh, Chaz's opinion of uh, the people in the HWA. So, but the, that, that's very, very true. Uh, the, some of the other teams you're going to have Stone Cold Crazies coming back, uh, the classic team there of El Loco and Fritz von Stone uh, from Joe's team. You're going to have oh my god, I can't. Do I remember this? Oh, it's going to be the, uh, the, the the freezing quackers. <laughs> it's oh, going to be the, the snowman and uh, the, the the rubber duck, of course, and from the admirals. Fleet, I, I don't know if we've gotten word on that. I think there, there was some talk about it. If I, if I think of it, uh, we'll bring it up a little bit later. But uh, for there, he's going to have a team coming well, in. I thought, so. it was, I thought it was going to be uh, I thought it was going to be Booger Dude and Gluteus Maximus. They were called Runny Ass. <laughs> no, it was going to be Booger Dude. Uh, it's actually going to be Booger Dude and Maxi Pad, and they're going to be known as the Nose Bleeders. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> or the nosebleeds, I think. But, oh my God! Some of these, some of these teams. Uh, these, people, these are sick people. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I am. I will be very. I will be very interested to see how an intense individual like a snowman can pair up with that sick rubber duck and put up with those silly shenanigans. They say opposites attract. And like you said, when, when it comes to tag teams, uh, you normally have a, a big brute force guy and you have a technician. Well, in this ca this case, you got a, a straight up cold hearted son of a bitch and this uh, crazy ass duck. So it, it could be a perfect pairing. You never know. We'll have to see what, what develops out of that. Jesus. <laughs> Anyway, let's go ahead and move on to the next match was the Falls Count Anywhere match, which proved to be a, a false count in the ring. I don't think they even left the ring, uh, but uh, th this was uh, this was quite a match here. And it's uh, I think it, it may be the style of the wrestlers, uh, Katie Bang, BT Goth. Maybe did they just want to stay in the ring? Maybe it's because you play to your strengths naturally. And I think that both of these wrestlers are, in fact, stronger inside the ring. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I think anytime you have a false count anywhere uh, with women wrestlers, not to, uh, you know, kind of disparage them, but uh, I think, you know, th their skill set is more, more, uh, more suited to being inside the ring. You know, uh, you, you don't see them taking it outside too much, hitting each other with foreign objects, putting people, to, you know, and going. And I, they certainly, with the sickos we have in the crowd, don't want to be out there. We're probably getting felt up. <laughs> So they, they probably try to keep the action in the ring. So, uh, yeah, it was, it, you know, it was an exciting match. Nonetheless, uh, you know, I, I think it would have been better served by being uh, uh, a different type of match for these women. But, you know, Pedro trying to mix things up, the HWA trying to create some excitement, which I think they did. They wanted to show the fans in Australia what the HWA was all about. And uh, I think uh, common, uh, you know, commendation or the organization should be commended for their efforts because, by God, I think the people in Australia definitely got their money's worth. And it was one hell of a good time down there. It was, and uh, they threw a bunch of shrimps on the barbie. A lot, a lot of Fosters. We went through and that whole well, night. Well, you know, obscene Gene went through. He went through about ten pounds of shrimp himself. That fat bastard, that little bald son of a bitchy. I, I was doing shoving shrimp and drinking beer. I, I said, Gene, slow down for Christ's sake. All he said to me was. <laughs> Couldn't understand him. Just glad he didn't choke on it. <laughs> choke on a shrimp tail. Um, we had uh, in the in this match also Katie. We were talking about Katie Bang and that that the match that she lost the belt. She she flubbed it. There was something wrong. She she mistimed it and then ended up hurting her spine. And this was the second time in so many matches where Katie had that move causing injury to herself. It was a different move. But uh, Katie, you got to wonder: is she in some sort of downward spiral, or uh, is is she not getting enough training, or what what, what well, could I'm, it be? Uh, I'm not sure it's that. Uh, you know, I heard a rumor uh, that a few weeks back uh, she suffered a concussion. 
and it, it was never uh, really brought to light. It was uh, something that I heard, uh, you know, through being back in the uh, the locker room area, talking to some of the the officials and, and a couple of the wrestlers. And you know, you get that concussion, it causes a, a, the, your equilibrium to be off. And I think that's what you're seeing with her. It's, you know, she's up on those ropes and she doesn't seem to be able to maintain her balance. When she comes off, she's she's coming off at a bad angle. So I don't know if it's a downward spiral or just maybe some leftover effects from that concussion. But she's certainly a cagey veteran in there, and uh, you don't expect it from her. So I, I would think that that would have to have uh, some kernel of truth there because uh, it's just not like her to be doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, Aaron's going to have to check into that. I, I think he's going to want to sideline her for at least a little while until she can get her get her head together and uh, get get some extra testing done, perhaps. Well, you know, we're not going to – I don't want to get ahead of ourselves and talk about Aaron and being sidelined for a while, but let's just move on. <laughs> a little foreshadowing there for you. Uh, in the end, BT Goth continues to be a brutal presence in the HWA. <laughs> you, just, you look at this little girl, and she's just always firing on all cylinders. When you're that high, I mean, where does Joe take her from here? Well, straight to the top, by God, that's where she should be. <laughs> she just I about mean, is. You know, she, she, she might be one of the smallest female wrestlers, but she's got the mo- one of the most devastating finishing maneuvers with that, uh, what do they call that, the, the grave digger or whatever yeah. the hell you call that the gra- thing. Not, not the pro-cheesy. <laughs> yeah, not the pro-cheesy, whatever the hell that was. <laughs> not like, is that par-cheesy? What was that? Wasn't that like some kind of crazy board game or something? <laughs> yes, it was an Indi- was. Indian board game. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But anyway, yeah, but uh, she, she, she slaps you in that thing, dumps you on top of your head. You've you got a tough time trying to get up from that, so... Uh, I think she can go all the way to the top. Let's not forget uh, her twin sister, uh, Muffy Truff, Trust Fund, is a uh, multi-time women's champion. She probably got a little bit of uh, incentive or a little bit of uh, insight into what it takes to be uh, the women's champion from her. So I-, I look for her to be climbing the rankings. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, in the in the coming months, in this coming season, she she's uh, holding that women's championship. And BT Goth was the women's champion. We remember then the in the finals of the women's championship, she took on the big Masato Mayhem. Uh, she's just uh, unbelievable. She is an uh, unbelievable talent, and we're glad to have her here in the HWA. So uh, let's move on to the next match. Now, this was this was a big one. This is Sabu versus Bufu the Clown. Boo-foo! 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 <laughs> there it is. Uh, and, and, but uh, talk about Sabu, Sabu, Sabu. This was do or die for Sabu, and he got the job done. Uh, you got to you got to give him credit for that. Uh, but it, it took a, a little while to get going, and you think Sabu? I mean, he's been around for a long time. He's fifty years old, for God's sake. He's still wrestling. He's a he's a brick shit house. But in the end, age will will get you every time. And uh, do you think that that, that he would have? probably done the job a lot faster had he not been so old and uh, how, how is age going to affect him coming up in the future for CSE? Well, I think when it comes to that, he's got uh, two strikes against him. One is, is the, the age factor, but also let's not forget. I mean, he's put on about what? 25 pounds of muscle, 30 pounds of muscle. He's a lot bigger than he was. And uh, you know, you're carrying all that weight and you're getting up there in years, you know, the stamina is definitely going to be down, which is why he's got to make these matches as quick as he can. You know, he gets into a, a, any match that's going to go past 20 minutes, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, stacked against him. If he can keep his matches quick, you know, under 10 minutes, under 15 minutes, I think that uh, he, he's, he's a, he has a chance to be a dominating force. Uh, you know, this is his first title he's had since he's been back. And, uh, you know, we talked about the rumor that uh, if, if he didn't get the job done, there might have been a change at uh, Chess at your enterprises. But I don't know if I, I didn't see you there. I, apparently, they said you were working or something, but I, I was at the uh, CSE after party. And, uh, you know, I got to fantasy time, talked to Chaz and he, uh, he said he's, uh, he's, he's happy with Sabu's performance right now. I was actually at the CSE party. I was, I was the coat check guy. Apparently the, the oh, you, girl called in to sick and I had to kind of take over there, but you know, oh, I, I well, do what I can. It makes sense. <laughs> I didn't wear a coat, so I wasn't over that way. <laughs> it wasn't. Like, if, I'd known, I, if I'd have known, I'd have tried to pry some shrimp out of Jean's mouth and bring you some over in a beer or something, you know, <laughs> keep, take care of you. But I, I didn't see you there. Sorry. You should have given me a call or something, but give me a heads up, but. But yeah, so I, I, I hear that the beer ba- the beer battered shrimp was very good. It's a combination of two great things down there. Oh, it was very good, very good. Uh, it was a lovely affair. We can get into that a little bit later, maybe. But uh, you know, it's I think it's going to be a wait and see. It's uh, it, it, right now. Uh, Sabu definitely has Chaz's respect. There's no doubt about it. He's been around. He's one of the original charter members. Uh, one of the first men that Chaz managed. And uh, but it's you know this business is what have you done for me lately? You know, it's all about uh, you're only as good as your your last match. Right. And, and right now, uh, Sabu's pretty good because he's a, he's wearing a strap, but we'll see how things you know progress. Can he hold on to it or does he, you know, if he loses it right away, what's going to happen? So 
you never can't tell what's going to happen with this. But, it's, but, it's, uh, a, it's definitely one of the big stories we got here for uh, following Sabu. He, he is a legend. Uh, he's, he, he deserves a, a Lifetime Achievement Award as well here in the HWA, and I'm sure he'll get that when the time comes. Now, there were several instances several instances that we saw uh, Sabu bringing that big fist. He got, cranks it halfway around the world and just boo you right there between the eyes. And now, he wears those gloves. I don't want to get into a like conspiracy theory or anything like this, uh, but do you see him as the type? Th- those, those punches are awfully effective, and I know he's a big guy, but do you think it's possibility he loads those gloves with something like a lead filings or anything like that? Do you, do you see that coming out of Sabu? Well, let me tell you, let's not forget who manages him. Oh, uh, he's, he's uh, you know, the dirtiest, one of the dirtiest players in the game, if not the dirtiest, and uh, he certainly likes his uh, championship gold, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't put it past him. Does Sabu need it? I don't know. I mean, those gloves have some padding in the knuckles as it is. You know, maybe they could slip something in there. You know, maybe a little ether on the knuckles, you know, get the guy oh. off his balance, but who the hell knows? But uh, I wouldn't put it, you know, I have a good relationship with Chaz. Uh, you know, uh, I don't always agree with his tactics, you know, quite frankly. And, and we, have a, we have a respect. And, and it's, uh, it's a mutual respect. We respect each other's accomplishments uh, and what we bring to the table. But, uh, you know, I, as much of a megalomaniac as I call uh, Aaron Varhula, <laughs> uh, Chaz is right up there with him. Uh, he was one of the first guys to start throwing the chairs in and, and, and trying to uh, get any advantage, you know, distracting referees, pulling off uh, turnbuckle pads. So I don't know. I mean, uh, I, from what I know, I mean, the referees do check before the matches. Now, whether they do old switcheroo before they're there in the locker room, who knows? But uh, yeah, I wouldn't put it past him, but I don't think he needs it. I mean, he's a very big man. You can hit with those big ham hocks, you're going get, to get hurt, no doubt about it. That's what, well, yeah, I was just thinking, was just just as you were saying about the uh, the CSE being a, 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 a cl- uh, akin to uh, some dirty shenanigans like that, there uh, you talk about the ass clown coven, you and you got to say that uh, they they are the they are the ass clowns of the HWA. You had Bufu at the end of the match trying to sneak attack on Snabu at the end, same same attempted by Keys, same thing attempted by uh, Lucy Fur, and once again the, the ACC just a uh, fall, they fall they fall down to the uh, the awareness of the other wrestler, and I mean just. Does Keith just need to give up these shenanigans and start playing some hardball? Well, I don't know if he was trying to take a uh, page out of the West Coast Alliance uh, playbook. You know, we all know how they were. Uh, they usually take it out on the officials. So maybe instead of trying to punch your your opponent after you lose, just go knock out a referee. They're not going to fight back. What the hell, you know? But <laughs> they yeah, won't be invited back know, to Australia too too soon. But uh, yeah, that might have worked. Yeah, but the thing is, you know, hey, you lose the match, just. You know, lick your wounds, come back. You don't need to do that. You, you know, you, we want to be able to respect you. We want to be able to, you know, it's just, it's unnecessary. As far as I'm concerned, hitting anybody after the match is unnecessary. The match is over. Once, once the three count or the submission is done, the match has been decided. Just go home, you know, come back, try to win again. I don't know what to tell you. It just, it kind of makes me sick. You know, it makes old CR long for the old days of wrestling before everything got so fancy and all these fancy entrances and pyro and little outfits that the girls wear and CR gets all excited and well, we're going to get a barbecue sauce out. And I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to sound like Gene for Christ's sake, but yeah, let's just, uh, let's just move ahead. All right. So with that match wrapped up, you got Sabu television champion, uh, championship gold once again for him. Moving on to the next match, we had a non-championship match. It was, in fact, the Bandit versus Mr. Q. This was a submission match. And you got the Cowboy Roughneck. You got the seasoned Olympian. Uh, do you see any circumstances that Bandit might have had uh, been able to use high impact? Because, I mean, he was he hung in there. I'll, I'll give him credit for that. But he ended up losing the match to the, uh, the, the Mr. Q. And uh, is there a way that, uh, since Bandit has a high impact approach to this, and you had a technician on the other side, can, can high impact ever beat? The, the the talents of an Olympian in a submission match. Well, you know, we, we said going to this with it, uh, you know, I, I picked Mr. Q because of that amateur background and the Olympic background. And, and obviously the bandit, he's a brawler. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's not very technical. And, and I, to be quite honest with you, a lot of the moves he used aren't, aren't too technical. Not to mention the way he comes prancing into the ring, beating his ass and pointing. He's <laughs> it. another idiot, you know. But, but uh, let me, I'm getting away from myself. But anyway, <laughs> you know, you look at it, you, what the trans ambush? You're just punching a guy. I mean, uh, uh, unless you knock him out cold and you can't, you know, raise. But that it's not a knockout match; it's a submission. I guess if you if you can't answer the ten count, it's as good as submission. I don't know, but but uh, yeah, it, it just uh, in this type of match, it does not favor the bandit. I mean, he has. I, I talked about it during the match. You know, it, when you got a submission match, you got to pick out a body part and you got to work on that part where it done. Whether you're, you know. He, you, you weaken the legs and you use a figure four. You, you weaken the uh, the elbows or the shoulder and you use an arm bar. You, you, you weaken the back and the neck and you use a, a cobra cl- or a cable clutch or you get that cobra clutch in there. Whatever it is, 
and and he just doesn't know any of those moves. And to be quite honest with you, out of all the submission matches I've seen in the HWA, I've never seen anybody use a goddamn figure four leg lock. Does anybody know what the hell that move is? <laughs> then they get bring Ric Flair back in probably, and say, teach him a move or two. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's probably one of the most famous submission moves in the history of wrestling, for God's sake. I've never, never seen one use it. And, it's uh, an easy move. I mean, hell, I'll, I know it. I'll tell you, I used to put it on my brother and my friends all the time. Christ, I'll show them how to do it. Jesus. Yeah, they seem to be pretty good at the camel clutch, and they'll do a, a sharpshooter or a, a Boston Crab sometime. But that figure four lock, that has just been left by the wayside here. And uh, maybe a W. WWE owns the rights to it in some way, and they're, they're preventing us from using it or something. I, I don't know. Yeah, we're, we're, we're the sleeper hold, something. I don't know, you know. Oh, yeah, we could have a sleeper hold. I, I have not seen anybody. Oh, we have a knockout match. Every time we have a knockout match, they seem to just, it's, it's a pounding. It's a fist. It's a going off the turnbuckles or something like that. But, yeah, I would love to see somebody get knocked out simply from a sleeper hold. So we'll have to talk to the, the guys down, talk to the trainers, say, come on, get these get these guys in order here. Let's, let's see some fun stuff. Uh, but after that, well, we yeah, both men actually, as we were talking about, targeting each other's back. And that, that, that move that they had, it's a pretty good move. I mean, you grab the head, you drive the knee in the back, and yeah, that, it's a very painful move. Uh, in the end, you had uh, numerous, numerous bald eagle backbreakers, uh, wore down the bandit, you had Mr. Q get the victory. Now, it, they say it pays to specialize. Do you, if you're, if you're Bunkhouse Productions, do you take Bandit aside and start giving him some training to make him a, a more well-rounded wrestler, or do you leave him to be the brute? Uh, so, so that he can, he can continue to, to excel where he has. I mean, if you're a manager, uh, where do you go from there on, on with the bandit? Well, I'll tell you what you gotta, you know, you have to play the hand you're dealt quite frankly. I mean, someone with the, the bandit is a very large man, you know, and, and he's a brawler, like I said, and, and, and that's just his style. And, and, you know, you got, as a manager, what you do is you don't sign the contracts for these goofy ass matches. <laughs> I would not, if I'm Joe Petito, I would never put the band in a submission match. I would never put him in a ladder match, a TLC match. I would, I'd keep him away from those. I'd keep him just straight wrestling matches. I'd put him inside a cage like the animal he is. You know, the knockout matches, the first blood matches, he was tailor made for those. And you got to play to his strengths. Now, you know, I know that the, the, the HWA, you know, uh, Pedro has his little spinner thingy up there and he just, you know, uh, playing the game of life, give it a spin. And, you know, like, <laughs> I like he got idea. that idea. From, he got that idea from watching Wheel of Fortune. I think is what he did. He, <laughs> big fan of Vanna White, from what I hear. But he just he just spit. Oh, let's see who's 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 wrestling this week. Well, let's just spin the match. Oh yeah, well, Maxi Pad in the first blood match. Who the hell came up with that? Jesus. <laughs> Still, still, I, I, I back the spinner on that one. I think that was uh, that was meant to be. That still makes me sick. But <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you just write this off. And 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 to be quite honest with you, you know, the backbreaker. I, I really thought someone like Mister Q and you know another another submission match that's, or a submission hold. The, the the old ankle lock. You know, you get that man there, just grab that ankle and twist and torque on him. Nothing. These guys don't know anything. They did. They know like three submission moves. Somebody teach him something for Christ's sake. But but yeah, I would just like. Let the, let, leave the bandit alone. Let him wrestle his matches. He's going to have his success. He's going to have some some setbacks, but he's going to have a lot of success in the NH. As much as I as I hate the cheesy porn star Matt mustache son of a bitch, he's going to have success. It's just yeah. going to happen. Well, as long as he has that Trans Am to go and and ride around, and take out his aggressions, and uh, he'll he'll come back. He, he's definitely a fighter. Uh, after that, with the submission match, we had Lucy Fur going up against Misty Furberger for the women's championship. This this was a pretty good match. Uh, Misty got a few licks in early, <laughs> giggity. Uh, no, no, uh, but Lucy uh, dominated early, uh, including a scissor roll outside the ring that slammed Misty's head into the stairs. Uh, this was an amazing move. I, I didn't think she was getting up after this. Uh, you got to be careful out there, so even. Even you know the wrestlers are fighting. You, you don't want to injure somebody. You don't want to have a career-ending injury. Uh, but a move like that—that's that, something. That really is. Well, you know, we talked about this match when we were doing the preview, and I, I actually picked Lucy Fur. I thought it was her. The time was right for her. I thought she was a bad matchup for Misty Furberger. Lucy, a very tall girl. Misty kind of got that stocky physique, kind of thick. A little bit of a, uh, if you will, for a woman, a brawler. Uh, but what do you expect from uh, the Admiral's fleet? <laughs> uh, but I, I do believe, uh, m much like uh, we talked earlier about Katie Bang. I, I think that uh, Misty, ever after she hit that head, she wasn't sane, and I think it definitely led to her demise. Right, and once they were back in the ring, uh, there was some good back and forth, like I say. But the Purgatory Express, we hadn't seen uh, Lucy first step into the stepping up her game as as much as she did in this match, and she brought that Purgatory Express on her multiple times. It was just too much for Misty, and this it was big. I, I would say it was big for the wrestlers, but it was especially big for the Ask Clown Coven. Keys used to be. Uh, the lady, well, I would say the ladies' man. It, it's uh, to completely in a different way. He used to be the the king of uh, taking women, getting them in those championship matches, getting the win, taking.
taking the taking the platinum, bringing bringing back the platinum, and uh, that's it, it, just a great thing, a great night for uh, Keys as far as that goes for the Ascalon Coven. Well, yeah, big win. Any, anytime you come out of there with a, a championship in your in your uh, stable, it's a big a big night for you. Every, everybody wants to be on top. Not everybody can, and if you got someone that can, uh, can get you a title, it's it's always a big accomplishment. And uh, you know, Lucy Fur, she is a, a, a like we said, she is a very tall, lanky competitor. She has those long legs, a long reach. And, uh, Got those long heels too. I don't know. How, I don't exactly, know how exactly. That. I don't know how that happens, but I'll tell you what. She is going to be a very bad matchup for someone like Masato Mayhem. Masato usually uh, gets by on the fact that she's much larger than the girls she wrestles. But in this case, even if it is with the six-inch heels, uh, Lucy almost looks her in the eye. So I think she's going to be a tremendous champion. And I, I, and like I said, I, I predict good things for her. And a congratulations to Keys and the Ass Clown Coven for getting themselves a, a title uh, out of that match. And uh, uh, we're looking forward to see what happens in, in the coming season. The women's championship, of course, was uh, normally held by ten people, but coming up to the next season, you just mentioned uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun because we're bringing in five new female wrestlers, one for each of their our, our main stables there, and we're also bringing the women's national title, uh, some more platinum coming in here to start this off. Oh, this is going to be great! We're going to have a, a fourteen woman battle royal. Uh, it's going to be a format. There's going to be eight uh, wrestlers, one six in the other, and then the two competitors from there will battle for that national championship. It's it's a secondary title, but regardless, it's, it's going to be a great one there for the women. And uh, things 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 are heating up here in the HWA for the for the women's division. Yep, and in, in, in the words of uh, good old CR, business is going to pick up for the women's uh, division. Uh, you know, another championship to buy for, and it's always it's always exciting in the, this battle royal format. The way that uh, the HWA is set it up, I think it's uh, it's going to be exciting because anything can happen in the battle royal. We know that. Uh, not always the big. You, now you would think it would favor someone like Masato, but you know after we saw what happened uh, with with Sabu and his over the top rope match, he was the right. first man out. But but uh, it's going to be exciting nonetheless. And and, and I, I like the way it's set up. Uh, I like the way that you're going to have uh, the winner of the two battle royals face off. I think that's going to be uh, a, a, an exciting format, and I look forward to calling it or not calling it probably because it won't be the pay per view. But I'll I'll be there to see it, and uh, uh, it's going to be wide open uh, wide open action. And and, and uh, fourteen women, everybody's got a chance. <laughs> 14 women i was thinking something else no, no, no. <laughs> something else on my mind <laughs> yeah well, maybe it might, you know that vice presidential suite i had at the four seasons in sydney might we could have been talking but you know once we get back to the farm <laughs> i have to, have to take them out to the barn it's a little heat out there. there's no air conditioning you'd be a bunch of like pigs and slop sliding all over each other sweaty and oily oh geez I gotta stop. stop it you're killing me <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> Stopping you. I'm out here on the farm all by myself for Christ's sake in quarantine. Jesus, how do you think I feel? <laughs> I think the, the, the sheep are looking nervous. <laughs> yeah. The only visitor I've had, had out here in the last four months is Gene. Oh, God. <laughs> that's, that's, when you really, when you start thinking of Gene that way, then you, you got really No, I can I, son of a bitch, I can only put up with him for about two days. I, you got to go. You're driving me crazy. <laughs> He drank me dry. <laughs> he drank. He's like uh, the odd couple there with uh, <laughs> Felix. Or, Felix was Felix Oscar. Well, one of those two. Yeah, it definitely hit somebody get on your nerves. Uh, speaking of getting on nerves, <laughs> here comes your favorite. Uh, we had the Inner Horseman title match. It was Fuzz Pigman versus the Rubber Duck, and you knew this was going to be entertaining. There, there was no. There's so, something about the two wrestlers. What is it about these two wrestlers? What do they bring to a match like this that makes it so entertaining? Well, you know, on the one side you have Fuzz Pigman. He, He's a he's a very intense individual. He's a very mean, nasty man. And, and on the other side, we all you know we all know how I feel about that sick <laughs> idiot rubber duck. I, I was blatantly rooting against him, which I'm not supposed to do. But damn it, I just can't stand the man. But you know, like I said about him, you know, he's a, he's a big man. He's a, he goes probably about what six 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 seven. He's at least three hundred twenty five pounds. He's a big man, and it's uh, a lot he, of duck. He, he, yeah, well, he beat a lot of people with that. But <laughs> anyway. Oh, it's very crispy. You know, yeah, yeah. Give me some. Oh, it's smiling at me. You know, I like to do that something. But anyway, you know, so he definitely knows what he's doing in there. He's a champion, so he's got to have some talent. And is is I just how can a goddamn man wrestle in flippers? I just do not understand. Jesus, somebody yeah, pulls you know, it off. <laughs> like I say, I want to take those flippers off and see those feet. I imagine those feet are pretty damn big, like floppy he's probably pigeon toed or something. That goofy he probably has like six toes or something. That crazy <laughs> son of a bitch. Well, there was one one uh, thing that they brought to this match, and uh, the duck <laughs> when he brought it. I got to say, this is the first match that I think farting has been used as a weapon. <laughs> That's the uh, he knew he was going up against Fuzz Pigman. He, you got a you got a tough competitor there, but you want to bring home that gold, and you got to you know, break out all the stops. Would beans? I mean, you would consider the beans or the cabin and whatever the hell else he ate. But uh, would the outcome have been the same 
uh, without the without whatever he ate because I saw that uh, Fuzz Pigment, kind of uncustomary, when he was being pinned, I looked at his face and he was like like dazed, like somebody just got him high or something like that, getting high off your own supply, whatever it was. But uh, do you think the match would have been the same without the the, uh, well, the new secret just, I, weapon? I think he just he, I think he just couldn't believe what the hell he went through. It was just. <laughs> What kind of a man has to be, has suffer that indignity for Christ's sake in front of all those people? It was disgusting. It's like a Japanese game show. <laughs> uh, yeah, something like that. Oh, I saw one there. Real, uh, we're good patch lately, but anyway, whatever. I mean, Fuzzy—he <laughs> he looked out of sorts that whole match. I, he didn't hit any of his big moves, you know. He did hit that uh, where he threw the duck in the air and then kicked him out of his shoes. Oh God, that was a great move. I thought I thought that was going to be it, but he, he was. Uh, he, you know, I, I was expecting him to follow that up with either a battering ram or. or whatever but it, it never happened it, it, it never never uh, unfolded and, and and i think that cost him the match and i think i think coming to this match i truly believe and, and Chaz, he probably won't admit this but uh, i think they took the duck a little bit lightly i think they thought that the, the, the fuzz was going to go in there just run over this man and walk out with that gold and i think they were just a little bit off their game a little bit shocked when it didn't happen to be quite honestly always a mistake to take your opponent lightly and uh <laughs> we, we see with a loss from here uh, Fuzz, we'll continue on because uh, because uh, he's got the the world championship coming up. We're going to talk about uh, what's what's in store for him with the uh, when we start talking about Crow. But uh, if you're CSC, I mean, what special measures? Fuzz has already been to the the CSC training centers uh, numerous times for some special treatment, but uh, never before. I mean, not going into the world championship. When you go into that, there's got to be some. Chaz has got to have some things up his sleeve that he's going to be putting Fuzz through. Uh, what what could those possibly? Be? What what do you see for that? Well, I think he just wants. Fuzzle wrestle his match, be the fuzzable. I mean, they're, they're still trying to find a way to get back to the fuzzable, and, and I don't know what it's going to take. And you know, we, we've talked numerous times about the orbital injury that he suffered, and, and he spent the time off, and you know, he, he rehabbed. And, and, and I know they have a lot of strategy sessions, but you know, Fuzz just he, he, for whatever reason he just doesn't, you know, to, to take it from Rocky Three, he doesn't have that eye of the tiger anymore. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. I don't know if he's got complacent. I don't know if he just is 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 arrogant and just thinks he's going to run over people. I don't know. I mean, he's, when he came back, he, he, he I, I believe was at the, uh, the television title. I think he had for a while, but didn't hold on to it too long. And, uh, you know, Fuzz is a cagey veteran. I mean, he, he, when you're wrestling for the world championship and you've been around like Fuzz has, and, and you've been a former world champion, uh, you don't need any, any special measures. You don't need to be, mo- if you need to be motivated, you shouldn't be in this business. That's right. And, and because the world championship is, is what every man that, that steps through those ropes aspires to be. And, uh, you know, like I said, he doesn't need to be uh, any special motivation or anything. He knows he knows the job. He knows it's a tough thing. And uh, I think they just need to uh, sit back, regroup, you know, kick back and, and, and just when the time comes, just be ready. I will say the time is on his side. He has uh, three other competitors in front of him uh, before that world title. So hopefully Chaz is going to take advantage of that time and uh, the fuzz, fuzz as well, uh, get his head together realize that the battering rim is undefensible you got the uh, what his other move is the of course the the evidence plant and uh if you play to your strengths i think i think i see good things for him in the future so with that just uh, just as long as he doesn't end up in a submission match oh god (laughs) well he does uh no he he doesn't (laughs) i was gonna say he does have this move but no he doesn't (laughs) so anyway let's move on from that uh we have the following up with the tlc match it was the gimp fritz von stone snowman and corporal punishment returning after a little bit of a a little time off there uh you talk about four four way tlc matches in the hwa and they're always great and this one absolutely did not disappoint uh does it take i'll ask you this does it take a special characteristic to make a wrestler suitable for this type of match because this isn't just on the mat it's not outside the ring it's you got some aerial stuff there. you got the, these eight foot the ten foot ladders going up there you're, you're going to be falling sometimes you're going to fall out of the ring from the ladder and it's very dangerous but does it take a, a a certain type of wrestler to be able to go into this match well i'll tell you what it takes it takes a a very tough individual to be in this match and it takes someone that is going to you know in this type of match you are going to be punished and you have to be the type of person that can take that punishment and, and overcome it because, you know, these guys, you get up on the ladder, you're thrown off the ladder, you're kicked off the ladder, you're, 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 you're you get these sub- suplexed off the ladder, you know, you're going to be in some pain and, and you know that you need to, you need to work through it. And, and you also have to keep your head on the swivel and you got to dish out the punishment instead of letting the punishment come to you. So, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't take a special kind of a, of a, of a wrestler or a characteristic. You just got to be in the correct mindset going into this match, what it's going to be. No, you're getting hurt. You're not coming out of exactly. there clean you're, free. You're, you're going to be spending a lot of time in the hot tub and in, in, in the chiropractor and the massage chair 
for a couple of weeks after this match. That's, that's what you have to know going in if you're going to win. Well, two of the wrestlers, of course, uh, being a snowman and the corporal, these guys are, are dead serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, the snowman, you look into his eyes. That's all you see is cold. The corporal, uh, he just ha- does not have a, a, a scrap of humanity to him that I've been able to find. And both of these guys went out. They were outside the ring and they bloodied each other. And they were serious about this match. I, I don't think they were so serious about getting the, the case. That was a secondary thought to them so much as doling out punishment. Uh, but these two, these particular two, I, I don't know if I see a rivalry forming or if there's always been one kind of sort of under the dirt, uh, just uh, skin deep or whatever you call it. But uh, for these two, I, I'm seeing good things. I, do you see? Do you see the same? Well, I'll tell you what. You know, we all know about the snowman. He, he's a big, tough, strong man. Very high impact. Uh, a guy made for the the knockout and the first blood type of matches. You see, the, he was able to bully the corporal, but then the corporal struck right back. And the corporal, he's the type of guy. His motor's always running. I mean, he, he just has one speed and a tie. He doesn't go into neutral. He doesn't go into reverse. It's just, he, he'll run through a, a goddamn brick wall if he thinks that's what needs to be done. Mm. And, uh, you know, the snowman has had some success against uh, Fuzz Pigman. And, and I think that uh, the corporal is Chaz, Chaz Segner's method of, of uh, revenge, if you will, for CSE. And uh, he's on a mission. The corporal is out there to hurt people. And, you know, we talked when he came in, he, he, the corporal could care less about winning titles. He's all about making money and he's all about hurting people. And that's what Chaz wants him to do. And, and I think if uh, I, I would love to see these two men in either a, a, probably a last man standing match or put these two in a cage. And I think it would be just a brutal, brutal affair. And it would be a, a very exciting match. And I'm, I'm not sure who would come out on top. But the, the two men that, that, that just both, they, they, they want to win and they'll, they'll do whatever they have to to do that. I could see uh, talking to talking to Pedro about setting up a, a match just like that because I don't think we've had a last man standing match. Uh, typically, they're they're not all that exciting, and you, there's a lot of waiting around. But uh, these two, I think they, they could take it to the next level, and uh, so I, I I would definitely suggest uh, we talk to Pedro about that. But the ending <clears throat> now, this is not so much a point about the wrestlers or anything like that. But I, I have to mention this just because it's so fucking funny. Uh, the ending it, it, after the victory, you had the ladder knocked off from the corporal punish or from corporal punishment, but he didn't seem to notice. <laughs> he was just kind of floating in midair there, and uh, we don't really need to discuss this. That's just some crazy shit that happens here in the HWA. When they, whenever they start ignoring the law of gravity, you know things have gone a little, a little overboard. Well, he was able to just sit there and levitate. <laughs> I don't know if there were strings involved or anything like that. Uh, if there were, there, there, somebody needs to talk to these people about uh, a little helper, a little cheating going on. But uh, uh, that's in, Austra- in Australia, and I think all those guys have gone back out and hunting kangaroos and wallabies and stuff like that. But anyway, a crazy ending to that match. Uh, it was a good one. Uh, talking about co- matches coming up here, we had uh, Aaron Varhola, not in one, but in two two great matches. The first, of course, being uh, we'll talk about Deuce Albino, the manager's championship. Uh, and this was, uh, for Aaron, it's, it's, it's a tough road to travel. How important was it for Aaron to finish the Admiral early to try to save some energy for this, for his upcoming other match? Well, you know, it was, it was pretty, it was, it was very important. You know, we talked about it when he was coming down to the ring for this match. What, what, what is going to mean more to him? Uh, winning the manager championship or staying, uh, being able to stay a manager and avoid that 30 day suspension. So, you know, you knew he wanted to get it over quick. And we said that, you know, the Admiral. If there wasn't any outside interference, he didn't have much of a chance in this. And, and I'll tell you what, it, it, it was uh, kind of a, a foreshadowing uh, detail because, uh, quite frankly, this wasn't much of a match. Well, the Admiral put up a little bit of a fight, but uh, I think we all knew uh, what was going to happen in this one. Right, and you have when you have Aaron with the Peacemaker. I mean, the, you got the Admiral with the, the big dump and the preparation H. Those are all great moves, but the Peacemaker. You talk about a devastating move, just a, a roundhouse, a spinning roundhouse kick right to the side of the head. How, how do you even get up from something like that? It's an amazing move. Well, my, my question is, I don't know how Aaron Varhol can get himself that far off the ground. <laughs> He's but somehow, somehow he does it. I, I guess once he gets that inertia and all that, the rules of kinetic energy or whatever the hell it is, once he gets flying, that foot just goes up and he knocks someone out. But, you know, we'll talk about this in the next match because uh, you talk about that peacemaker. Chaz Sainer took about four or five to the head, and I'm surprised he wasn't concussed or knocked clean out. But, you know, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a devastating maneuver. You have to, you have to try to if, – if you can, you try to get your hand up and maybe block it so your hand can take a little bit of the impact. Uh, but when he hits it square behind the ear, it's tough to get up from. Right, and we're gonna let's go ahead and slide right into that that the tetanus match. Here's a match that uh, just just created for this event in the HWA. I'm sure they'll use it in the future. But you talk about going into a rusty cage. You got the scrapyard metal hold, <laughs> holding the ties together and everything, just a big mess. And you you make it a first blood match. This is very dangerous for any wrestler, <clears throat> uh, mainly because well, let's talk about a normal cage. A normal cage is you know, painted. Uh, you got the powder coated paint on it. It's nice. It's it's hard, but it's smooth. 
uh, and you, you go bouncing off of it, and you're fine. You, you're a little shaken up. Uh, when you got a cage like this, uh, there could be these, these pits and this uh, sort of things sticking out in the rust, and you go up against the cage like that, that could cut you open right there. And we didn't uh, we didn't see a whole lot of a lot of blood from that. In fact, it was in the end uh, Aaron getting nailed off the the, the the seat cushion, as I like to call it, or the uh, the turnbuckle pad. And <laughs> that that was after a lot of abuse. I mean, you got to take a lot of abuse to have uh, to get busted open from something like that. And let, let, let's talk about what happens with uh, the the uh, what, was it, what was it saying? Uh, there was talk of a substance. About uh, Chev Segner, and I don't know. This is going back to another conspiracy theory, uh, but I heard that you had mentioned uh, about him to have a uh, like a poly, uh, some sort of a polyethylene uh, coating on his head, like not like a mud mask or anything like that, but something really uh, to hold that blood in. But I also heard that there was taking he takes some internal stuff. Uh, it's a, not a, coag a coagulant, yeah, that's what they called it, uh, to to keep that that blood sort of viscous. And uh, did, have you heard anything uh, further about this? And if so, what are, what are the legal ramifications of something like that in a match like this? Well, you know, I've heard a lot of a lot of chatter, and of course, Aaron Varhul is is crying foul. Uh, th there was one point in the match where Chaz's head was actually you know, driven into the chain link on the fence, and uh, nothing happened. There was no blood. You know, uh, there there it's not just a. Uh, you can put that, you know, you look at boxers with the Vaseline on the forehead, so the gov the gloves slide off, and it tries to keep that skin soft and supple. Uh, so that it doesn't uh, uh, break easily. Mm -hmm. uh, so it doesn't have to be you know, necessarily some kind of uh, cockamamie substance. But, uh, you know, I've heard two things. I heard that he had uh, some kind of foreign substance on his forehead. And I also heard that that uh, turnbuckle pad may have been loaded, uh, that there, there may have been something underneath the, uh, the, uh, the leather cover other than padding that may have caused Aaron Varhul to be busted open. Uh, but the ring, uh, nobody investigated it. Everybody cried about it, but nobody investigated it. And by the time they went back, the ring had already been disassembled, and uh, you couldn't check on it. So I don't know how they're going to prove anything, but, you know, wouldn't put it past them. Uh, and, and, you know, the one telling thing that we, we heard was in uh, Pedro's uh, comments when he, he said to Aaron Varhula, you know, when you lose this, or, you know, when you lose this match and you're going to lose, mm -hmm. right right there, it reeked of conspiracy. It reeked of something. And, but, but I don't like to think about that because Pedro is, is, a, is a, one, of my, one of my closest friends. I have the utmost respect. He's got integrity, which is why he's where he's at. He was one of the, the, the most gentlemanly wrestlers we had, always shaking hands with people, always playing by the rules. So I would hate to think that uh, there was some kind of uh, you know, collusion between him and Chaz. Now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Chaz had it done, you know paid off the guy setting up the ring said hey why don't you put this horseshoe in there instead of the padding you know I mean, get you a room at the wherever and get him as hookers or whatever i don't know whatever. <laughs> whatever kind of payoff he has in mind yeah whatever whatever guy <laughs> wanted i mean lord knows chance throws money around like it's uh you know water or whatever you want to say i don't know here here's a good one you, you you may not get this reference but Chaz throws money around the way rip taylor threw around confetti you know, <laughs> a crazy that guy yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah you know i you know, you should have seen him at the after party for God. Well, I can't keep bringing that up because you weren't there, but you know, it was a good time. <laughs> I was there. It was just in another room. <laughs> but you know, the, le the legal ramifications, uh, would it mean an immediate reinstatement for Aaron if there was some canary and, and Chaz would have to take the suspension, a, a fine for CSE, which you know, isn't going to hurt him at all, but I don't know. That's going to be up to uh, if there's an investigation and, and, and what, the, uh, what the findings are and then what Pedro decides to do. I think the the lack of evidence is in, definitely in his favor at this time. But uh, when you talk about the the championship, you got it. You got the guy who has the championship. He's now suspended for thirty days. Uh, what happens to that? Now you have Aaron. Uh, does he have the authority to to suspend the title because he didn't? It, this wasn't an injury like it was with the case of the women's championship. This was a, a contract. And what's what is the wording there? I know you talked with Saul about this earlier. And uh, does does Aaron have a leg to stand on to, to suspend that title until? Well, Aaron Aaron has no authority. Quite frankly, it's it's the uh, HWA. Oh, okay. Uh, Aaron Aaron has he's just the man that was the champion. Now you know it's always been a, a gentleman's agreement that if the champion cannot cannot defend that title within thirty days, then he's stripped of that title. I think it's going to be up to Pedro's discretion uh, what he does with it, uh, whether he uh, you know. Let's Aaron slide, but uh, Aaron Aaron Varhol himself he has no no authority with that title whatsoever. We come out of the, the the commissioner's office, the board of directors, uh, HWA uh, bylaws and guidelines. Uh, whether that title does have to be does have to be uh, defended within thirty days, and if it does, I would think you would have to uh, 
you'd have to strip of the title and, and uh, have a match to de- determine the new manager champion. The HWA, I, I would like to remind our listeners that, that they do meet on Thursday mornings uh, for executive uh, decisions, stuff like that, things. And this is going to be discussed uh, tomorrow, actually, uh, or to, actually the, this will air uh, on Thursday. So right as you're listening to this now, uh, you have the, the meeting that's going to take place and we are going to find out what happens to that title. So we just uh, didn't have it ready for you now. But after that, it's going to be interesting to see. Oh, I do want to mention, is that you have that queued up? Oh, we do. Okay, um, we got a phone call from Aaron. Uh, he left a message on our on our machine or on a voicemail, and uh, it was a little. It was from pe- what people tell me it's cryptic. I'm about to hear it for the first time now. So let me go ahead and play this. This is Aaron Varhola from the West Coast Alliance. There are faces and there are heels. Then again, there are things that transcend rivalries. I recently heard some very disturbing news about Pedro X and confirmed it. I had to do what I did. No one would stop Pedro X. Too much money, too much power. The only thing he recognizes is that that kind of behavior will make him not welcome in the HWA. I have not said it publicly. The person who alleged the behavior does not want it to go public just yet. A liberal lawyer who I know may want to take it up with the Ninth Circuit or with other appropriate authorities. That's all I can say right now. I'm under a non-disclosure agreement. So there you have a message that we just received. That, yeah, that is, it. in fact, one of the most cryptic messages I think I've heard here in the HWA uh, ever. But uh, what, what's your interpretation of that? Do you, what, what do you see from Aaron here? Well, I, I don't want to start up all this Ninth Circuit bullshit again. We went through that. And look uh, what yeah. happened. You know, but uh, I don't know what he would have on Pedro. As far as I know, Pedro's, uh, like I said, man of integrity. And he's, uh, I don't know what he could have done. And, and as far as money, I mean, Pedro isn't wealthy. I mean, unless he's skimming money or i don't know what he's or Chaz is paying him off which you, you never know but you know, <laughs> so, uh, I, I don't know. we're, we're on a non-disclosure think, agreement there yeah yeah I, th- I think aaron's just blowing a lot of smoke and uh you know could be a little bit of sour grapes and uh, i think anything that they come up with would be trumped up charges to begin with uh but you never know hey if uh, you know sometimes where there's smoke there's fire so i'm not going to say that uh this is nothing but i just i would have a hard time believing it he did mention the liberal lawyer, though. It's, uh, I don't know if that's uh, some sort of stage name. He didn't. He didn't name him by by name, actually. But uh, it should be interesting to see exactly who's he, who he's talking about because these guys tend to come into the spotlight eventually in the HWA. But a lot of questions, a lot of questions raised by that that little communique from him. Uh, we will have to see. But we're gonna before we. Uh, sign off here. We got to mention, of course, the World Championship, the big fi- finale here for Wrestleocalypse. And uh, I would say it's been a long time since we've seen Keys up on the apron. He normally uh, he started when he started out. He was up there a lot of time trying to call over, usually in the women's match, trying to get a date or something like that. But uh, in this particular match, he was up on the apron numerous times. And uh, how much of a factor is is interference in a championship match? Because you got a you got a strong you got a guy like uh, Kangaroo Jones who is uh, on the straight and narrow, and he's got to kind of draw the line somewhere. So, but, uh, I mean, as far as having an effect on the match itself, uh, how much is interference? <laughs> yeah, you've talked to Chaz. You would know from him uh, definitely. But uh, uh, how, does, how does that affect a championship match? Well, you know, that was Chaz's, uh, in the beginning, that was Chaz's uh, modus operandi, if you will. Uh, he was, he, he said, we always said he spent, he spent more times on the apron or in the apron than uh, Mrs. Butterworth. But, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, I think Keyes knew what he was up against. You know, he knew he knew Chaz on the other side was going to do everything he could to get Nico that title, and uh, you know, I think that's why you saw Keys up there, and, and, and yeah, it, it it definitely makes a if 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 the interference comes at a critical time, and we saw Nico Noki, I think he hit a coconut buster, went for a pin, and and Keys was up. The referee was paying attention to Keys. Who's to say he would have got a three count there? So it it depends when it's there, and and also you got to be careful because uh, you know this was a new a new referee we were dealing with we knew he had a, a reputation as as a, as, a, as an honest man as a, as a, as a stern man uh, he could have easily uh, disqualified crow but again you know the the, uh, the champion's prerogative is most of the time unless there's some kind of a, a clause in the contract you get the champion gets DQ'd he retains the title which is uh, normally how a lot of champions hold on to their titles except here in the HWA so we actually let the uh, wrestlers decide it but you know, I, I, and I think when it's a world championship match, you, as a referee, you're going to get a lot more leeway. Uh, you don't because if you if you suspend if you disqualify the champion, you take that 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 chance away from the challenger. And I think he wanted to do everything he could to have a fair match, a clean match, and uh, you know he, he did that. But like I said, you know it, it depends on when that interference comes in, and if it's at the right time when a man's in a pinning predicament and, and the referee's distracted and can't get over there and it, it takes him as a couple seconds longer, that man has a chance to kick out. And I think that's what we saw here. 
while we're talking about Kangaroo Jones, I have to mention in the middle of the match that we did see Chaz get handsy with Crow. Crow was thrown out of the ring. Uh, Chaz went over there, grabbed him, picked him up, and threw him back in the ring. And uh, is there is there a line that moves from a regular old match where uh, the, the referee is, is pretty much there to, to call the shots, to protect the wrestlers as well? But does that line move in a championship match? Oh, I think it definitely moves. Like I just said, I think you want to give these competitors every chance. You, you, you don't want the referee to be a factor in the match. You know what I mean? You don't want him to, to be decided. You want, you want it to be, to be decided between the two men who are wrestling each other. And, 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 you know, I think if Chaz had maybe thrown a few punches or kicks or maybe hit him with an object, there would have been a, de- a, a disqualification. Uh, he just merely picked Crow up, threw him back in the ring. That was it. It was over with. So I, I think, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that much of an infraction that would deserve a DQ. And, and talking to Chaz afterwards, he said that, uh, you know, he was just caught up in the moment. He didn't want to do anything that would, uh, you know, jeopardize Nico's chances of winning. And, and uh, he was just uh, thankful that, that uh, Kangaroo let the boys play. And, and Nico got a fair shake. He came up on the short side. But at least he got a chance to, uh, you know, to wrestle for it and not, not have it taken away from him. You like to see the action keep going. And uh, I think that's uh, Kangaroo Jones did a great job at uh, setting back and letting things happen and not letting other things happen and calling, calling it. He's, he's a great, he's a great uh, referee. And I, I expect great things from him. Maybe we'll sign him on over here. Yeah, in the, maybe Chaz can get him a work visa, get him over here and get rid of that Leonard Burke. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he'll be second in line after, when Leonard Burke gets suspended again. But uh, regardless, that was the that was the title, title match. And you have Crow up here once again, retaining that championship going into season four. You got four guys lined up between him and the Inner Horseman title. You're talking about Godfather or Goldfather is first. You got Katungi, Bones is in there, and uh, following up is is Fuzz. Who do you see as the biggest threat for Crow coming up? Well, right now, I think the biggest threat is the biggest man, and I think Katungi would be the biggest threat because mm-hmm. uh, he's a he's a giant of a man. You know, but let's not take it away. Bones is a champion; has been a champion. Fuzz a champion. The gold, they're all former champions. And anytime you're wearing one of those gold straps and you lose one, you always want to get one back. So uh, when you're the champion, Crow, God bless him, he retained his title. He, he defended it at the big pay per view. He's held on to that belt now for a while, and he's the hunted, and these men are the hunters. And I don't know if I'd want a guy with a crazy mask and a spear hunting me. So <laughs> I think uh, I think Katungi is uh, right now the king of the jungle, so we'll have to see what happens. All right. Well, with that, we sign off here, and uh, we're coming back for next you week. Know, b- b- before we go, I'd like to just like to say a few things. You know, I, I, as I said, you know, I, I, I try not to show favoritism, but, uh, you know, I, I, am, uh, I have a good relationship with Chaz. I would like to thank him personally for uh, – you know, he, he was a very, very benevolent benefactor uh, when it came to good old CR down there in Australia. I had a lovely, uh, I had a, the vice presidential suite up at the, the Four Seasons that overlooked uh, the harbor. I got to see the big amphitheater in there and, uh, you know, uh, wine and dine at some of the finest restaurants. Had a, you know, he, he sent me a couple bottles of really good vodka, some uh, some Grey Goose, and he made sure I had the uh, the copper cups to make me some some Moscow mules and uh, treated me very well. And, and, and uh, I, I did talk to him. You know, because I felt bad because I didn't see you at that party, and, and he has assured me for the next the next pay per view that you, you will have uh, you will have a nice room at the uh, Holiday Inn Express, and then you'll get yourself a hot breakfast out of it. And uh, you know, he, he's, he said he may even let you fly down on the corporate jet. Well, it beats the continental breakfast I had, though I will say I did get some entertainment at the Motel Six because my room uh, looked right in, out into the alley, and I saw some uh, some rather lively gentlemen out there uh, vomiting into trash cans. Uh, so there, there was definitely some entertainment uh, involved hey, in my well, state. Well, wasn't there. a total. Well, he did say that he sent you a, a personal pizza and a, and a bottle of Boone's Farm. So I don't know if the the desk clerk took it or just never delivered it, but he said he sent you something. Oh, I got it. Yeah, the, that was strange. Though. The personal pizza was missing a slice, and uh, the the drink was warm, but. <laughs> Anyway, oh, uh, back back here in the uh, yeah I know back here in the old United States, we're going to be ready to start off season four uh, with uh, it's, it's, it's season four. It's a hundredth show right here, kicking us off, and we have a special seven matches. I don't have my notes. Uh, we will cover this though in the next podcast, uh, which will be next week, and after that, we'll have on Friday as we as we usually are coming back with the HWA. So well, I'll tell you what, you know, Keys, I really wish I could be there, get get away from the uh, the ranch here to come down here and call that 100 show for you, but the, the travel restrictions and, and stuff, it, it's mighty, mighty difficult. I, I can't make any promises. I'd love to try to get there, but, you know, if I can't be there, you know, CR will be there in spirit, and I'll be uh, anxious to hear your call. Absolutely. So with that, we like to sign off here. This is the HWA and the Anal Network reminding you to always wear a condom. And... Uh, it's great to have you here and uh, be sure to uh, sign out uh, hwarules.com of course for all the videos and uh, anchor.fm slash hwarules tell your friends uh, to listen and it's been great talk to you soon